This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. Alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. Good day, everybody. And Dal Roots is here. Hello. I'm the official anti-perspirant of the NRL. Congratulations. Yeah. Anyway, um, moving on. Yep. So we're just doing a quick pod for you guys now uh, with Origin coming up on Wednesday night. And we will back either on Wednesday after the game or on Thursday. We haven't really worked that out yet, but we'll have a full recap of Origin and, and some other stuff then. So we're just going to do a quick preview and some other new stuff um, just before that game kicks off on Wednesday. So, yes, without any further ado, let's jump into the news. Simi Renrandra trying the chip and chase. Oh no, it's Simi Redradra! Redradra's away! Simi Redradra! Oh, this will be interesting. Oh, yes, it will, yes. Simi Renrandra. Oh, he's absolutely buried it! Redradra! Uh, first and obviously most important piece of news. Um, my love affair with Corey Allen looks to be <laughs> ending. I really feel for you, mate. You know, it's, it is hard to, to lose uh, the ones you love and you know, you lost GI. Yeah. But I could be losing Corey. This Allen. has been a, this has been a roller coaster of a story arc for young Corey Dale, because you know, like it does was, feel like a bit of a summer romance for you. It will. So it was like, sign this guy promising Brisbane, even Doyle was filthy and, and when, when we got him from Brisbane, then he came, didn't do much. Then he was awful in that prelim last year and then thought we'd never really see him again. And then he just became the best fullback in the world for a month or two. <laughs> and, and now it's over with uh, stories coming out this week that um, basically with other clubs looking for fullbacks and Corey Allen making the most of his time at fullback for Souths. Um, and unfortunately, uh, Souths decided, well, not unfortunately, I guess, but unfortunately for Corey that Souths have made it clear that they'll be going back to Latrell Mitchell at fullback next year, which means that there's no spot for Corey Allen because Corey Allen on the wing is no bueno. Yeah. I feel like any of us could probably do as good a job <laughs> as Corey Allen on the wing, to be really honest. He oh, is right. a, hey, he's he a bit of a sweet sick, potato out there. He did there. score that sick try on one leg in the prelim this year. But, he did. Um, he did. But yeah, no, it's totally fair enough. And I guess this is almost the best case scenario for him, right? Because there are we know there are clubs that want fullbacks right now there's always a shortage of fullbacks that's why we see you know wingers from other clubs get enticed to go places and play fullback but he i think proved and i know i've obviously over exaggerated how good he was for comedic effect for the last couple of months but he was genuinely a very very good player for most of his stint at the back for souths this year and if he takes that form anywhere else he will be a, a an, an upgrade for quite a few clubs and i don't think anyone can really begrudge him of the fact that um, he could be going elsewhere, particularly when you consider the absurd amount of depth that South seem to have in the outside back department mm. right now. Yeah, um, I'm with you there. Like, I, I, I think it's it's a bit weird from the South side, and I understand it's you know about if he gets an opportunity for 2022, they let him go for 2021, and not hold him back. But it's just like you look at that team, and I and I understand he wasn't very good on the wing when he played there. But it just feels like, because Jimmy the Jets obviously leaving as well, you're going from like a back line where you're picking from like seven or eight really quality players down to like, you've got, you know, Latrell will be fullback, AJ will be left wing, 
probably Campbell Graham left centre, Gagai either right centre or right wing, and then the other spot is what out of Stephen Masters, uh, Jackson Paulo, Tao Taumoga, Tane Milne. Josh Adokar. Uh, uh, Braden Burns, who somehow still exists. There's a guy. But, like, there's a guy. But it's like, it goes from, like, that's a pretty good back line. And I know, like, mm. games aren't always won on the back line, but that's a pretty good one. But you go from what it could have been, like, it's either Allen could be fullback, Latrell left center, Johnson left wing. Like, how good would that be? Johnson yeah. might have scored 45 tries. It could have been that. Or it could be, you know, Jimmy, whatever Jimmy is anymore, him on the right side with Gagai, Latrell fullback. Allen's the first drop. It's just um, you're losing a bit of that depth there. But, yeah, he's been good enough to, to earn a shot at another club. Like, as you said, that run home at fullback. Obviously, he wasn't the world's best fullback in that period, but he was good enough that he already earned a call-up to the Queensland Origin mm-hmm. squad. You know, he had what well, he had since round 18 of moving back there. He scored four tries. He had five try assists. He had six line breaks. You know, had what over 100 meters, like 150 meters, pretty much every game, except for when he was crocked in the prelim. Like he had a really good stint there, and, and I think a club will benefit greatly from this because his confidence looked shattered before South made that yeah, move. Absolutely, I thought he, we thought it was over. Like I loved, as you said, I rated Corey Allen when he was coming through, and nothing like his ability. But I thought he ran like James Tedesco, if you remember. And I was, yeah. I was huge on him. Devastated we lost him. He apparently left because he wanted an opportunity away from Wayne. Um. Wayne ended up there. It's funny. And we all know how that turned out. Yeah, but like, and then <laughs> yeah. he played so bad for you guys on the wing. I thought that was it. But he's been so good these last few weeks, and he's still young. He's twenty-two. It's you know he's good enough to go play fullback elsewhere and be that at the Broncos. The Tigers were linked. Yeah, kind of the third club. You know, he probably gets to start at fullback next year if he moves. You, on. you could almost it, it, full fullbacks in rugby league are almost like strikers in soccer in that like. There's just so few good ones to the point where like you can't really have a good backup one anymore. Like they just don't exist. Mm. And that's and, and whilst I'd love him to stay at Souths because if something does happen to Trail or Trail plays Origin or whatever else, you know, we know that he can play there and we know that he can fill in. But, you know, is he really going to be happy playing perhaps between three and five games a year and playing for the Bears or Bears not even our feeder club anymore, playing for Souths reserve grade? For the rest of that time, probably not, and that's mm. totally fair enough that he would want to go elsewhere. But yeah. it just does suck, given how fun the last couple of months were with him. But and you're patient, you guys are patient for you. Let him get another shot in there as well, you know. Yeah, mm. it, and that's a, that's a good point about like the fact that his arc was so steep, <laughs> uh, and and that he's really like this is one of those things of where players, you know, where players are often coming into a contract negotiation and they'll play out of their skins and then they'll just kind of fall away with form like this is almost the opposite like as you were saying like he's not going to be he's not out of contract for another season so like he's he's playing brilliantly given the opportunity in the middle of his contract and he's looking to cash out and i don't blame him at all as you said like if he wants to go somewhere else and go and get that bag then go for it you know, you've you've uh, you've you've given him the tools to be a better footballer, given him the opportunity, and and now he's at a crossroads. And yeah, it, kind of got to love him and let him go. It's weird when you get acrimonious endings with with players, especially young players at clubs. But this is about as amicable as it can be, really. If if he does, it, leave. it is weird to think that he's only twenty two too. Yeah, yeah, and uh, as you, I'd love to see him back at Brisbane. But yeah, some, he really improved in the. The making of a good fullback is the ability to ball play and your ability to to react in shape and, and support. And that's what Corey Allen really approved this year for you guys. Like 
the South, the Roosters game, he had his hand on the ball 44 times. That's a lot of involvement for a fullback. But he was all over the park in that game. So hopefully he keeps that form up. And, yeah, we, you know, I'd love to see him back at Brisbane. There's a hole at fullback there. There's a couple of what-ifs, not many actual fullbacks for that spot. So maybe there's a, you know, a chance for him to reunite with the club. Yeah. And, you know, there's definitely, it's probably definitely a spot for him there. I mean, I think he probably does. He, I, You'd know better than I would, but I would imagine he would be their best option at fullback if he lobbed up there tomorrow. Yeah, I'd, and, I'd play him over Bird, Tessie Nui, and, um, yeah. and Jermaine Asako. That's for yeah. damn sure. And, you know, you look at the Tigers, they've been throwing, well, I mean, depending on what you read, they're, they've been trying to throw cash at Josh Adokar to entice him there to play fullback. And we know the Bulldogs are desperate for a fullback as well. So they would be, I mean, and they're obviously the clubs that he's been linked with already. And yeah. they make a lot of sense. He had some 20s resume, by the way. In two seasons, he had 22 try assists, 27 line break assists, 22 line breaks, 180 uh, tackle breaks, 47 offloads. Like he, he was, he killed 20s as well. So like big on him, and obviously killing 20s doesn't always mean everything. But he's just one of those guys that you looked at that level above. You just thought, I'm certain he'd he'd make it. And obviously, he played for Queensland at 18s, Queensland at 20, Australia under 20s, and he played for the Prime Ministers at 13 last year. If you remember, he played. He got picked in that game. People raised some eyebrows, but it's obviously people around the game had seen the talent in him. It just wasn't coming together in first grade. And yeah, I'm looking forward to him. Uh, you know, if he goes to the Tigers, well, great opportunity. Tigers, Brisbane, he'll have that job to himself. Yeah. And we did mention Josh Adokar briefly there, and that is obviously another story that continues to remain in the news cycle. But he has said today that he wants to be in Sydney next year, but has obviously not confirmed where he is going to be. And of course it's the same couple of clubs that we just talked about that need fullbacks that have been linked with him as well as Souths as well. And the storm are still sort of an outside chance that they're hoping that they can keep him. But he's, as I said, he's come out today and said that he wants to be in Sydney. So interesting situation. They're obviously a great player, but do you, I mean, what have you seen from him that makes you think that he would be a good fullback because he's such a great athlete, but I've never looked at him and thought that he has like the sort of the technical skills that come with being a fullback that, you sometimes see with other wingers. I've not really seen that with him, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there, but I just think the, the explosiveness of him and that the, the team yeah. will take a gamble. The, the Tigers' original offer was a smart one. For mine, when they were talking about he'll get paid X if he plays this amount of games at fullback or X if he plays this many games on the wing. But obviously that's smart in their favor, not in his, and he probably doesn't take that offer. But I do think it's it's you looking at the the explosiveness and the raw talent and hoping that he goes back there and develops the other stuff just like Ryan Pappenhausen did. And I, I don't think he's going to turn into a Pappenhausen level ball player or you know or, you know even develop the kicking game. But it's hard to write off a guy like Adoka who just has that pure speed and does have like genuine talent. You're not, not just one of those guys who's fast and you stick him on the wing. And he scores some tries. Like he's a he's a good rugby league player as well. Yeah, but I think it, it could almost maybe be like. And we're going back a lot, but you, when you you talk about your explosive fullbacks who aren't perhaps technically the best, it, it could almost go the way Anthony Minicello went in in a best case scenario kind of world. Yeah. That's the kind of I guess comparison that you could look at. I don't know, maybe I'm reaching. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but I I don't know. Like he's mentioned that he's now happy to stay at the Storm for a year if he has to. So it kind of feels like he's not getting the offer he really wanted to leave. Or he's not totally happy with like the like the storm want to swap him for somebody, and I'm guessing that also holds back Adokar's free freedom of choice if they want to swap him. So maybe he signs for 2022 somewhere and just sees what happens. But 
the Bulldogs are talking like the swap with Remus Smith. Where Remus Smith has scored like four thousand tries. He yep. went to the Storm, but uh, yeah. I don't know. I actually think you, met, you joked earlier. I actually think he wants to go to South, but there's just no way for him to get, no way for him to get there. I do too, and uh, they'll work it out somehow. I don't know. <laughs> um, other 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 news relating to uh, wingers who at some point <laughs> were in the South Junior system. Josh Mansour has been told that uh, he is uh, allowed to leave because they're keen to have Charlie Staines in his spot for next year. So uh, we did talk about that in last week's show. I think um, you guys talked a little bit about um, how he had sort of uprooted his whole life to go and live out there and that he'd be, it had become such a, he'd sort of become a part of that community and stuff. Mm. Uh, He is also the club's longest tenured player. So it seems a little bit sad that he's been told that he can either play reserve grade next year or, or get out of town, but it does seem like he will be looking for a new club. Yeah. It's quite funny. And this, I wouldn't say it's bit on, bit him on the ass. I'm I'm no doubt he's happy with the last couple of years, but he took a lot less money to stay at Penrith a couple of years ago when, when the Raiders were chasing him and took less money last time than what he offered on the open market you know, to stay at Penrith. And, and this is one of those occasions that it's players sometimes, you know, they, they get the better of conducts off them. This is one of the situations where they remain, lo- he remained loyal and he's still getting the ass anyway. So sometimes you just got to grab that bag, man. When the bag gets offered, you take it. Cause yeah, Penrith now will try to move him on a year early. He's apparently 500 K salary next season. I don't think anyone's taking that full salary with his, with who he is now. He's still yeah. a solidish player, but we saw in the grand final, like that effort not to get, like when Vunavalu just went right past him, not great. When Vunavalu also bombed that try when he couldn't turn, those things still exist for Josh Mansour, and they're only going to get worse. His mobility, uh, yeah, it's just it's a strange one that they really need to do it so quick. And this is what we mentioned talking about the grand final. It's like don't just assume this team is running it back because already James Tarmel's gone, Josh Mansour's gone, Brent Nader might be gone. Already, there's a lot of change coming at Penrith. Yeah. Um... Uh, not a lot we can say about this for a variety of reasons, but uh, Dylan Walker has been charged over an alleged assault um, at a uh, uh, at Narrowena last night in Sydney's on Sunday night, I should say. That's in Sydney's Northern place. Beaches. Well, it's probably near Doyle's house after like, leaving again, an Italian restaurant. Mitch, did you fight Dylan Walker outside an Italian I did, restaurant? I did not. And I know everyone said it's the least surprising thing ever, but like, yeah, what a shock that absolute dickhead got in trouble again. And like, what a shock. And then I'm crossing lines and saying, cause he's around trouble. He's not guilty of anything yet at all, but like what a shock he's found himself around trouble again. And anytime you hear a story that he's, he's changed, he's a changed man. He keeps proving he's not that be it him guilty of anything or not. He clearly has problems with his aggression and he's been very lucky and afforded way too many opportunities with going, you know, going cross that cl- close to that crossing that line or crossing that line mm. and getting away with it anyway over the last couple of years. And at some point it's going to bite him on the ass. And maybe this is the one, the final time it's going to happen because Seems to have sounded like there's a lot of witnesses or a lot of things going on, not just how the last one happened. That it was like what the the, the his missus decided not to charge, and the witness changed their story. And you know that yeah. one, or the previous one when he apparently you know he, he got hurt fighting his door. Yeah, believe that one. I I mean, as somebody who does love uh, Italian food. Yeah. I've often found myself very angry at poor Italian food, but not once have I ever <laughs> resorted to punching on with a restaurant staff. Uh, but yeah, as you say, uh, hopefully, uh, it's this, hopefully this is all sorted before it becomes another ugly headline for the NRL. Uh, yeah. God, yeah. there's footage. As we talk now, footage has just come out of him doing it. So mm. there you go. Well, sorry, the footage of him going to the wrong car is out. I'm just, just watching it as we speak. Good yeah. on him. Well... 
yeah, not great. Words um, of Simon Hill. I hope your mother's proud of you. Yeah, good, it's good from you. Um, Michael uh, reports that Michael Maguire has uh, agreed to a contract extension until the end of 2023. A bit interesting given, um, given you know that they haven't made the finals, and and whilst I love Mads, they haven't. We haven't really seen any sort of marked improvement at that club under him. I mean, there was that they were they were like hot at the start of the year, and then they became. I feel like the Tigers do this very every year. not. I don't have anywhere to back this up, but I feel like every year after like six rounds, the Tigers are near the top four, and then they yeah. just don't, and then they just don't win any more games for the rest of the year. Yeah, it's yeah, as you say. I mean, and there's there's been talk of kind of ructions behind the scenes with with the with the team, and obviously there's they've got players going out, uh, senior players going out, so they must be looking to kind of bring in a few more characters and the club must trust Madge and say, say what you may about his love of playing 14 people every week and not making any changes. Um, but yeah, it'll be, it's a, it's an interesting decision, especially as you say, cause they, when was the last time they played a finals game? Uh, 2011. 11. Yeah. yeah. And on that Bungard, they were in the top eight, the last four years come round 10. There you go. And then two of the prior four years as well. Yeah. And then they just like, and, and the year before that as well. Yeah. There you yeah. go. So a lot, Pretty much they're in the eight at some point. <laughs> yeah, fast starters, mate, and then they just fall away. Yeah. What do you, I mean, is it, we don't normally see such loyalty afforded to coaches whose teams don't make the finals for like back to back to back to back years. But I suppose they, I guess they still believe in him and they're still confident that there's going to be substantial roster turnover. I'm guessing I'm, I'm just spitballing here. I don't know. I mean, I mean, they had to do it, mate. Like they've had so much, like they bought into, we all remember yeah. on the bus, on the bus garbage with, with Ivan. And, and I know it's generally a cop out that coaches get left with someone else's squad and can't get results with it. Most good coaches can find a way to get results. But they've just gone through like they had what Jay, Mick Potter for Mick Potter, two years. Jason Taylor. <laughs> Taylor for two and a half years yeah. when that was with like Andrew Webster took over. Then Ivan Cleary was there. Twenty eighteen he was there. Gone. Madge is there for two years. They just had to like yeah I'm try it. stick to it. And they and they weren't like whilst they went ninth in twenty nineteen and eleventh last year. They had eleven and seven wins. Like they they weren't embarrassingly poor. They had to get rid of him. No, these aren't like Nathan Brown at Newcastle areas. They're not. And and there's. There was obviously some unrest towards the end of this season as well with Benji. It seemed to be around there. There's a few players who it's almost a bit too public. You see Josh Alloyer every now and then comes out and slams the other teammates for talking shit. But obviously there's a few players who are a bit discontent with, with Madge's methods, but they've got terrible contracts there. They just got rid of Madalino's contract. They still have a year to go on Packer, on Josh Reynolds. Is Christmas McQueen still getting paid by them to play Super League? I don't know. I think he's off contract now, but it might be. Maybe he's not actually off contract. Man, they um, made some poor signing decisions. They sure they did, did, Dale. And a, lot, and, a lot of them, and a lot of them looked bad. Like the moment you looked at them, like not even in hindsight. Like in hindsight, you can sometimes go, "Oh, geez, they fucked that, didn't they?" That like Madalino, I thought was unlucky, but guys, like when they signed Josh Reynolds, when Reynolds himself was surprised by the offer he got, yeah, not good. But they have like that Reynolds offer, and you know, even my my boy Luciano Lua looks like he's going. Sorry, Joe Lua looks going the wrong way, not looking great. But it, it amazed yeah. me when like Josh Reynolds signed, and then like two weeks later, he was on what like eight hundred grand a year or something stupid, and then and like two weeks later, he was doing like sideline commentary for Fox. And I was like, he's what is going on here? Who's making Mate, these decisions? He's been there three seasons. He's played 22 games. That's played crazy. Five, he played, he like, played 10 games this year. It's the most exactly. he played. He played five, he's seven, been, and ten. He's been a pundit on Fox Sports for more games than he's played for them. Like, I'm 100% Probably. sure of that without like, fact-checking. His first season there, he came off the bench in round six. Then, and he, then came off the bench in round 12. 
played 12, 13, 14, 16, and that was it, injured again. Like, he's never had a spot in that side. So I kind of feel like and you have that happening. And when teams – it's not like when they sign a back rower – or a center, and there's generally a lot of other options in the squad. When you put 750k into a, into a half, it's like you have him, you have the other half generally, and like one other dude who's the backup. And Benji's starting that, but that's it. Like they sunk so much into thinking he'd be something that that's kind of a bit of a Madge can kind of a, you know claim that excuse there. And they've got problems still, like Harry Grant being gone's an issue. Adam Dewey, is he their fullback or not? Is an issue. I don't know, but I think you just have to stick with Madge and hope he finds those answers for you. Because if you change again, like, you know, what are you going to do now? Another new coach, new regime, yeah, shuffle the players. I, I'm, I'm happy for it. them to stick with him, as you, as you guys know. I'm a huge fan. I was just mildly yeah. surprised, at least, to see some loyalty in the game. Yeah. Um, two, two years is not too bad. Yeah. Any other news before we move on? Yeah, well, John Asiata apparently signing with the Broncos. I think That's we, exciting like, for you. Only, only one year deal. I think a lot of people have seen Bash to signing for some reason. I think it's a like fantastic signing for Brisbane. Can he play Mike. fullback? Is, is he going to uh, take uh, Kronk spot? Uh, Kronk spot. Cross. Spot? Yeah. And now for those who want serious footy chat. Uh, anyway, oh. so <laughs> I just think he you know, plays 20 or 30 minutes in that middle there off the bench and brings what they don't like. They have, you know, Lodge, Car- Carrigan, Haas, uh, Flegler, still stuck with Joe's contract. And Reese Kennedy, I think he's gone now. Anyway, they have a lot of the same kind of middle that's uh, just a ball carrier. A lot of VB you know, hard workers in there. Lot, lot, yeah, a lot of big men who uh, play. You know, hit, they just play straight and narrow. They they're through the middle guys. Not really a lot of offloading a ball playing in them. And Asiata brings the ability. And obviously, Pangai has it by the way. But I'm including him on the edge. But Asiata brings the ability to do things that they've tried to get Lodge and Carrigan do, which is be that ball distributor lock. You know, be the first receiver in shape go to the line and spread the ball. But it's just not worked with Lodge or Carrigan. Asiata brings someone who can do that. Plus, as you said, his ability to fill in other positions. Just a talented footy player. And it's it's an increase. It doesn't excite Broncos fans. And those signings never do excite you. But the last few years, you know, they've obviously invested in, in the kids. But outside of the kids have invested in, the fringe signings they've made have been guys like Reese Kennedy, you know, Jesse Arthurs, just nothings. Like, at least Asiata is a something. It's not like, you know, Isaac Luke Bente also has been. Like, it's not a has been. It's not a nothing. It's a guy who's 27, still in his athletic prime, who's still a pretty talented player. And those are the guys you, when you add into a squad, you see their value rather than just throwing a plot of like Reese Kennedy onto your bench and hoping for the best. Yeah, well said. Anything else? Yeah. Any other? There's probably other signing news. But, you know, there's just so many. Uh, and we're not there's talking, a lot going on. We're not talking about Joseph Sawali. I'm tired. Oh God! Uh, who who's his manager? Um, Mister Sawali. Because like, <laughs> man, it, it, is it not a god? I'm not being facetious, Dale. I honestly, I think his family is heavily involved. It in wouldn't surprise me. They are. Like, um, it's he has no manager. There you go. So hey, I was right. Look at me. So um, yeah. it's disgusting, mate. Like fantastic it's, business it's, choices. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. Blake Solly's been opened up for criticism for like not accepting a contract that has get out clauses in it in each year of a five year contract. The story about those get out clauses and yeah. each one being different is just <laughs> each more is ridiculous it. than the last. <laughs> so what are all the get out clauses he has? Um, there it's like a bunch of like there's one there's like provisions in there for if like rugby union wants to sign him and shit like that, and it's just like, nah, nah, man, it's like. Obviously, they're not going to allow that. To just like the Wallabies can come in at any point and just like sign you, 
So no. effectively, you're signing like the Duckworth Lewis system of contracts. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and essentially, it's like yeah, that means he can be in a place to renegotiate every year. So if he has yes. a good year, you're not getting away with like, hey, you're on this contract forever. He will try yeah, and negotiate. And every you can year. see yeah. the faith that Souths had in this guy originally, obviously, with the fact they only offered Latrell Mitchell a one year with a one year option deal in the first place. But yeah, the the soap opera just keeps dragging on, and I think at some point they're just gonna get foul of the whole situation and say, fine, you can go somewhere else. So. But we'll see what Terrible. happens. Anyway. <laughs> um, uh, I did have another one to mention, and I've yep. already just lost it in my head. That's great, Mitch. Good work, buddy. God damn. Oh, Jay yeah, Clifford. Matt Burton. Matt oh. Bur- if Matt Burton goes to the Bulldogs, I think that's a cracking signing. The, the word is about 500k. And, like, I know people still balk at numbers, but I think that's one of those, like, high upside signings with little downside in terms of How 500k. Many years? Won't, a couple, uh, two or three years. I can't yeah. remember the number now. It's not, yeah, it's not going to. I mean, like, and listen, just look, if it is a bad contract, just throw it on the pile of bad contracts you already have. It's fine. Yeah, but it's like, it's not like four for a million dollars. It's not. It's one of those things that if he if he's even half decent and he looks better than that already as a prospect, I'm shocked that other clubs aren't offering more. Like they'll be cheering with that deal in a year or two, I think. That's that's one of the first good They re-signed Avarillo as well, who I like. Yeah, so. not a bad one as well. But it's like, you know, guys like Brody Croft make like four five hundred k Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, some po- honestly, positive signs for the Bulldogs. If they can get Adokar in there with Kotrick and Burton in the halves, maybe they'll be actually fun. At least just something new and exciting. Hey, yes, like they're seriously. running it back with this bunch of battlers who tried their hardest. Gets boring after a while as a Bulldogs like, fan. I'm shocked. That oh, and Kyle Flanagan as well, obviously. So we'll see. Again, you know, battler who tries his hardest. Yeah. But it's like, you know, but at least he's... It's pretty much the. I know it's crazy to say when he's so young, but he's almost at a last chance saloon kind of situation there, and, and he'll yeah. be motivated, as motivated as a player can be to succeed. So, could be they actually could be a sneakily exciting team to watch next year if they pull off a couple of these signings and some of these other guys pan out. Anyway, they'll be they'll be fun at least, whatever happens. Let's hope so. Well, we yeah. we, we can't get too ahead of ourselves though, because the Bulldogs have been decidedly unfun for several years. I was going to say but, I'm not sure if I watched any <laughs> any of their full. Every games time you watch them play, it feels like. 15. <laughs> Those games feel like they go for five hours. Every what what did we say it was? It was like instead of Super Day, Super Saturday, it's like spend some time with your family Saturday. Whenever no, spend some, yeah, spend some time with the family Sunday. Yeah, because they, they always got that bullshit 6 p.m. time slot. Anyway, um, speaking of bullshit time slots, 8, 10 p.m. on when it's so late. Anyway, State of Origin's back. Um, did any of you guys know Ampol was still a brand? That was my first takeaway. Uh, not sure what you, who they are. Well, because like it's called the um, I went on the NRL website to get the teams. Yeah, it's Ampol Rugby, Ampol, Ampol State of Origin. Origin. So yeah. I didn't know this. So Caltex doesn't exist in Australia anymore. Yeah, that's uh, what that was like this year. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So Caltex, the license is gone, and now they're just Ampol again. So they're back. They're back, yeah. baby, in a big way. Um, and sponsoring. Didn't they the, used to sponsor the Midweek Knockout Cup? That seems like something that you and Harry Ramage and literally no one else in the world should know. Um. <laughs> Group six, baby. Yeah, I, like obviously, growing up, I didn't understand when Ampol changed to Caltex. I didn't understand why that happened. But yeah. now I didn't realize this entire time until Ampol was coming back that it was just a rebrand. Yes, it's like Seven Eleven having the mobile pump still. I get that, but I don't yeah. understand why they. Yeah. It was like a a, a Caltex license. That's what I don't get. It's not a fuel Ampol company. had brand cachet in Australia. Oh, of course. Branding chat. That's what people are here for. Anyway, State of Origin 1 is on Wednesday night in Adelaide of all cities. Uh, what a, a quiet ridiculous Canberra. concept. Um, quiet Canberra. Um, uh, everyone is, well, not everyone, but you know, the, 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 the money is on the blues. They're going to this game as favorites, but don't write off those Maroons, Mitchell. Yeah, I really think, um, obviously, the team's on paper in order 
star started as many expected, I think, for both sides. There's been a bit of off. There've been injuries throughout the year and coming into an off season with guys like Ponga's out for surgery, Tommy Turbo, whatever, whatever. But this Queensland team, for mine, looks a lot better than it was going to look a, twelve months ago. Yeah, like I know, I know, I'm talking about a team that's starting a backline that is Xavier Coates, Branko Lee, Gagai, and either Capewell or Philip Samley. I know I'm talking about that same team, but once you look at that forward pack of like Welch, Papali. Felice Cafusi, ignore the other guy. Uh, Tino, <laughs> uh, then the bench having Collins, Arrow, Jaden Sua. Like, it's a much better squad. And guys like Mofo, Moeki Fotoaka could even make the, the 17. Much better forward pack than they've had for the last few years, even without Josh Maguire making the squad. Yeah, that's fair. I I think the forward, like the forwards, the, the, it will be a lot. I think especially in the forwards, it'll be a lot closer than people think, but... Yeah, you you're completely right. The the back line is very much a, a mismatch on paper, but I mean, we've seen upsets before. But I honestly, looking at the odds now, Queensland at three twenty five. I don't think I've ever seen a Queensland team that long Ooh, that in my is, life. That is juicy money. That's like the series Fatty Vorton coached level odds, surely. Yeah, um, I do. I do really hate the Cohen Hess pick, but Wayne's thing is he said it's. It's up to him to, you know, to back, you know, prove my faith in him. You know, he said he knows the game and he's a smart footballer. Sometimes young men get accolades success early and they lose their way a bit, but sometimes you need an opportunity when you're down. I've given him the opportunity, so, so it's up to him now. Which, you know, I'm like, okay, I get what you're saying, Wayne, but God, he's been garbage the last two years. <laughs> uh, I, I do I do wish it was Jaden Sewer, which sounds bizarre to say that now. It does, Jaden Sewer. What a weird year. For feeder out, I do wish it was Sua, and then on the bench you add Fodawaka, and then if one of the edges got injured, you could move Tino out to the edge. But overall, I, I really like that pack. I like Jake Friend, even though I want Harry Grant to play. Jake Friend has deserved to play Origin for like four years, and it's just a not thousand percent for him. agree. So I do like, and you look at it, and I know as you said that Queensland backline's garbage, but you look at the packs, I do think they're kind of evenly matched. Like, you know, Welch versus Saifidi. Kind of even for me. Cook's obviously better than Fran. Papali outdoes Paulo. Kafusi, Cordner. Cordner's not been having a great year. Hess, Frizzell. I don't like Frizzell, but Hess is garbage. But through that whole pack, like, I think it's kind of evenly matched where the pack had no chance against that Blues pack the last couple of years. And, you know, yeah, I, I, and it, you could, but it's, it's interesting. You could almost make an argument that the two best Blues forwards are the two guys on the bench in 15 and 16 in Payne Haas and Cameron Murray. Yeah, I do. I do think Freddie is just being a bit afraid of change in that forward pack starting. I'm guessing Jake goes to front row when Kim Murray comes on a lock. I would guess to get together. Yeah. But I really think they should, and I know they don't. They love Jake Devojevic. I really think Kim Murray should have started a lock over uh, over uh, Turbo. And I do know it's probably different if if Victor Radley's fit. He probably starts at lock. But I just don't think Jake's had that great of a year, and I just don't know if he's that as good as people say he's. I've always felt that, but I feel like this year even yeah. more so. Um, James Tedesco was up in the air fitness wise, but he's apparently been cleared to play. That's obviously a huge boost for the blues, but I mean, obviously Whiten has done well at center when he's been asked to play there in rep games, but that's, I mean, the center pairing has to give blues fans some pause for concern. Surely Gutherson and White and two guys who play their club level footy at fullback and five, eight respectively. We were talking to one of the Queensland staff members on the, just for stats reasons on the day they, um, they named their team. And, you know, he, we had a bit of a chat about the centers and he's like, yeah, look, everyone's talking about our centers, but like, he's like, there's, there's haven't played center either. 
he's pretty much he's like like he's like they're not a crash up pairing of centers either. It's not just us who've had to throw it together. And you know, Gago and, and Branko. I mean, Gago's really gonna play on the wing, but Branko had a good year. Has had potential as a young fella. Is funny. He's playing Origin. We we predicted that in the, the end of last year. If you remember, we joked that he play Origin going to the Storm. But you know, Coates, I think, is the kind of player who's going to step up at this level. But yeah, Branko Gago is not great. But Gutherson, I think, all the things he does are good. Is because he's a fullback. And White was a decent center, but he's just grown and grown as a six. That I don't I don't think those are you know big wins for the Blues. Essentially, those matchups. Uh, but, just just had a quick look. Uh, Cape last- was interesting though. Yeah, last five games that Gutho has played at centre, he has won one, and his team has conceded an average of more than 30 points. And yeah, we can assume that that was entirely down to him. So, uh, Of course. Yeah, of course. Um, losing losing 44 to 10 against the Rampaging Roosters in 2018. And I guess it does. It, it, it kind of... This, this game will be interesting from that, um, from a point of view of whether... Because we, we've seen this in Rep Hoodie for many, many years now, of whether it's sort of better practice to find talented guys who play other positions and there's no room for in those positions and chuck them wherever they fit or it is or is it better to just pick the best players at those positions who actually play those positions and you've got Brenko Lee and Dane Gago and Dane's had a great year I thought but still you've got two guys there who if if Dane plays center that is you've got two guys there who are obviously probably not as good rugby league players as Clint Gutherson and Jack Whiten but They've obviously played all year at centre, and those two guys haven't. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. Um, yeah, it is. And Daniel Tupo, mate, well overdue recall. Yeah, hasn't absolutely. played since 2015. What game one, 2015? I think. Yeah, his last one. He's almost he's 30 next year, which is snuck up on me. But uh, but yeah, overdue recall. He deserves that shot. And at a car, you can't you know can't yeah. fold either. But Tedesco, interesting um, Brimson too, by the way. Brimson and Tedesco, like. Obviously, yep. that's Ponga's spot, but Brimson's been really good this year, and I think I think he could be a difference maker for Queensland. We discussed the whole Ponga not playing situation. Yes, yeah. We, you, that, that, yeah. Remember that really weird like story yeah. on the Knights website? Yeah, mm. that's right. Mm. How he put out a statement. Um, my prediction for this game is that at ten minutes to go, Luke Curie is going to tear off his jersey, revealing a Maroons jersey underneath. Give Daily Chairman's a thumbs up and hit Nathan Cleary with a chair. <laughs> I did um I did see an interview with Cleary this week where he he's doing that thing like no I'm I'm very happy to be here represent my state and he's you know I'm very proud to represent my state, my family and my community. And it's like, but your whole family support Queensland. And that was half of that was in your letter when you like you appealed to play for Queensland. They're probably wearing Maroon jerseys on Wednesday. He's gone full like Trump in that he's just like lying about things yes. that are on the public record yep. and just expecting <laughs> us to just forget them. He's like, Oh yeah, I've always been, I've always, I swear the quote was like, I've always supported the blues or this is who I am. I've grown up here, blah, blah, blah. It's like, bro, you wrote a fucking letter. Yeah. And like, even to like for Queensland, what are you talking almost about? E- almost every year they're like Queensland CEO kind of mentions it. Like here is be playing for us. Like it's almost like if he was offered tomorrow, they go, look, we've changed the rules today. You can play for Queensland on Wednesday. He'd go like that. He'd leave in three seconds. Yeah, so I've got the quote here. It's not as damning as I thought it was, but it's, it says, I'm pretty comfortable with where I'm at. I'm actually very comfortable. My family here, my friends are here. I've lived here and I've grown up here. I've been here since I was eight. Uh, I trained and had a camp up there when I was 19 in regards to this photo of him in an emerging maroon squad. That photo was taken when I'm 19. I'm now 28. Well, that settles it. 
That's that changes that. And now twenty eight. It's it's only been like three months since I last tried to move to Queensland. Origin <laughs> I'm not twenty seven anymore. I'm now twenty eight. I'm matured. I'm a, I'm a different man. I'm not a naive twenty seven yeah. and a half year old. I'm now a mature twenty eight yeah. and two months year old. Yeah, fantastic. And, like, and obviously, he wants to play regardless, mate. Because like, obviously, you know, you want to play at the top, highest level, get that Origin bonus, you know, money. But it's also you kind of need to be good at Origin to get that full level of respect of being a footy player, you know. Now, yeah. Even though we don't like to think of it like that, it is still treated as a pinnacle in the general public. So he do, he does want to play Origin, but yeah, no one believes you, Luke. No one believes that you actually want to play for the Blues. But he is yeah. like, I know we're making jokes and stuff, but like, I mean, he kind of has to say those things. I know we're taking the piss out of him. He does. Pretty much, he has to say those things. He can't just be like, yeah, I wish I was playing for the literal only other team. Yeah. <laughs> <this play." laughs> um, Cody Walker on the bench is interesting. I hope he, get, I hope he doesn't disgrace himself. Yeah, um, I think... Um, that's a really... Think, you've, you've set a high bar there, Bunkard. Dale, if the bar is low, you can't... If you expect the worst, you can only be pleasantly surprised. That is correct. I'm really interested to see how they're using, because I do believe yeah, they're no, for putting sure. all three of them on the field at the same time, the halves, and... One of them will play that roving role. And I think, you know, Cody's probably the one that will do that. And just him turning up either side of the ruck and, and wherever he sees something is going to be a dangerous player, no matter how small he is defending in the middle of the field, you know? Yeah, it's exciting. Um, yeah, so effectively, like, if, if Cody plays, then New South Wales will have three fullbacks and three halves on the field yeah. at the same time. If you count Gutherson and Walker as both five-eighths and fullbacks, you can yeah. even make it even more than that. So, as a Queensland storm, fan, storm team, just fullbacks, just play yeah. fullbacks. As a Queensland hey, fan, I'm begging them for them to play Murray, uh, Turbo, and Cody Walker at the same time in the middle because we might make 1700 meters every time we run the ball. <laughs> uh, Cam Murray will chop down every man that runs at him in a yeah, perfectly uh, textbook legs tackle to which Gus Gould will praise his tackling technique. That mm. is what will happen. There will be probably some changes to the Queensland side too, though. Wayne did mention that he just picked. A twenty-one because he hadn't had enough training. We had to pick his team. Yeah, so, but there is potential that maybe Sewer starts and Hess doesn't. The Capewell things. I don't. I don't particularly love the idea of Capewell starting in the centres and then Gagai being on the wing because game two Val Holmes comes in for whoever Capewell or Sami. He Val Holmes comes straight in. So I don't really love the idea that idea. But again, I'm not going to doubt Wayne. Well, He'll have the boys as. As where's, as possible. where's Brimson going to play in game two once Corey Allen's served his suspension? <laughs> That's what I want to know. God, imagine if they picked Allen on the wing in Origin. That'd be some supreme confidence from Wayne. I think <laughs> if it was anyone but Wayne, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past them. But because it's literally his club coach, I think yeah. he's hopefully too smart to do that. Uh, I did find interesting too after you know he signed Arrow that again might start different, but he did name Arrow on the bench behind those guys. He's picked to start. Probably could have signed Tino for the same money. If you think he's better. It's not nitpick. Uh, it's not. <laughs> but that's it. That's what Queensland's middle's got. I don't, I, Lindsay Collins of a fodder waker, I thought was... That's a weird one. But I thought it was a weird one. But again, I think... I guess they're thinking they want 20 minutes off the bench. I'd rather it be Lindsay than fodder waker. That's dead set a passion pick, though. That Collins is. is a bit of a passion merchant. So Well, it's Corey Hall's spot. <laughs> he's keeping warm. <laughs> that's well, it, I mean, if you had to pick someone who resembled Corey Horsburgh, he's probably the best candidate. They're, they're just, they're yeah. going to put Corey Horsburgh out there in Collins's jersey. You realize that. They might. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't think, I reckon at least 40% of the people watching wouldn't tell the difference. Fine. I know most <laughs> of the nine commentary right, teams that definitely big wouldn't. Um, speaking of which, I actually am mildly intrigued by this as a subplot. I don't want to get um, sort of bogged down talking about it too much, but I, I'm curious as to see whether given like 
the feedback after the grand final was just so universally negative. Whether we do see um, Gus and others rein it in a little bit. Yeah, but they they also came out uh, like Channel Nine also came out afterwards and were like, "They we we love it. He's our well, best caller." Well, he's not going to fucking. They're not going to say, "Yeah, he's shit," are they? Well, but they I think know. They should. Actually, we've sacked Gus Gould. Yeah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> they're obviously God. not going to do that. But they will be privately aware of just how much negative yeah. feedback the game. They'll, they'll have given him a report of how bad it was. And Maybe it's, they'll actually talk about the game at halftime. That's that'll be a big test. Yeah, I mean, I don't think cheering your team home in Origin has always been kind of part of it. Yeah, that's true. I'm Actually, okay with it there. The 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 no on the Lockyer intercept is iconic. Yeah. I mean there's so, a lot of great moments. How about that one? I mean two <laughs> of two too. of the blokes in the call have literally coached these teams. So yeah, <laughs> that's a good that's point. Um, so I'm I'm okay with that in the origin call. So I don't yeah. reel it back in. Yeah. Again, he he had been doing the same thing he did for Penrith for the Blues for a long time. Like so many times Queens have been pounding him and you think He'd go at halftime. You know, I think the Blues are kind of on top of this game. The Blues are winning what? in some departments. They're also yeah. 40 to 2 behind. It's been, though, I had a look today, though, just over the last five years, like the Blues have won three of those series. Was it four of those series now, actually? What is it? Was it three? No, three of those series and Queens and the other two. But the teams have been so close over that period. Like five points separates them over that time. They have the same amount of tries scored in that time. They have three, uh, Queensland have three more line breaks in them. So it's 50, 43 tries each, 59 line breaks to Queensland, 56 to the Blues. Running metres difference over that period is like uh, 800 metres. There's only like 40 runs between them. There's only six penalties between them, four errors. It's like been really close the last couple of years. I know the Blues are on going for that third one in a row. And they've had those players like Zesco or Damien Cook have been the difference makers to win series, but... It ha- it's just it's kind of at that weird kind of period that, that I know the Blues won too. I don't think they're that dom- dominant of a side heading into this series though. Um, are you at all worried yet that the um, nine in a row is under? <laughs> no, sorry, the eight in a row. I'm sorry, eight in a row. Um, no, no, we'll accept nine. Okay. <laughs> if we're giving it. But uh, yeah, there's some other things like Val Holmes comes back to Origin too, and he's what he scored eight tries in his five games, which is which is a good clip. But your mate Dane's still got eleven in his in the last thirteen Origins. Oh as well. like, Isn't it weird, by the way? There's only been one whitewash since the year two thousand. Yes, it is weird. Mm, but the boys really, always get so hammered hammered for the last one. That's I am true. I, that. I'm just looking at how many two ones there are. I forget how many dead rubber game threes there were, but there's been at least yeah. like four or five in the last ten years, right? So. Yeah, I'm upset that Gagai has 21 tries in the last two years because my favourite stat, like every year since he debuted, was the rollout that he had more Origin tries than club tries, and that was that was. Uh, I hated that stat until, a lot. That was so I'm glad that it is year. gone. I forgot Billy Slater won the <laughs> Wally Lewis medal in 2018. Let's Fun. let's let's move past it. <laughs> <Didn't happen. laughs> All right, uh, I'm picking the New South Wales Blues by six points. It, game one or the series? What are we picking here? Well, they can't win a series by six points. Mitchell. They can. Oh wait, is each game worth? Is each game worth four? Just happy to get the three points no, at the end of the day, mate. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, uh, so you're taking I'll the Blues take, by six. Uh, New South Wales by nine. It's a very yeah. weird number, but I like it. Yeah, well, it's um. Pick nine, the first pick game nine nil exact score, you coward. So yeah, the uh, no. the first game being at Adelaide, I think the Blues are somewhat advantaged just because they're the slightly better side. I think Suncourt obviously is a bit of a good thing for, for Queensland if they play there. But I'm going to pick Queensland to win it, and I'm going to pick them to win by six. Okay. As well. um, and uh, we do any amount of matches or anything, first try scores? Uh, I mean, if you want. I'm, uh, 
uh, uh, Daniel Tupo. Why? Why not? First try Man- scorer Xavier Coates. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be a, it'll be an aerial it'll be an aerial try over Ado Car because I don't really rate Ado Car in the air. Uh, and man of the match will be uh... this is great Dale keep going Junior Polo <laughs> just pulled it out um, I'm obviously always going to pick Damien Cook to be Absolute man of the match Sau. <laughs> yes Karoya uh, Sau was unlucky not to get the call up yeah but, he um, was I did, um, speaking of I did notice that they've picked a, picked another Papua New Guinean player just for the record yeah yeah great Hmm. Uh, so for Queensland, they did have all the Storm boys come in late to camp. Oh, we saw. They, the Munster yeah, photo is my favourite. And the they didn't photo. train their first day the in. goat photo. But they'll be fresh by Wednesday. I'll uh, bet. I'm, I'm going, okay, I'm going <laughs> first try Xavier Coates. I do think Xavier Coates is going to have one of those origins when he plays better than he played at club footy. He was yeah. a good club footy player. He's such a shit team this year. Mm. that he show his talents a lot. I think he's going to have one of those breakout origins and he will win that Queensland origin side from this day forward uh i think it'll be first try scorer and i think man of the match it was out of two for me jake friend or joshua parley and i'm going joshua parley because he got a mullet now like a real good mullet that's a good point he does have a great mullet just just, uh just on the topic of of photos uh and queensland players i am looking through the nrl website at the moment and is there a funding crisis at the nrl can they only afford like one of those one studio light because all these photos are just awfully taken Oh, the, the the Queensland ones aren't too bad. The Blues ones are the dark. Blues ones. Like, are, are they taking them sideways next to a window? What is happening? God, I don't know. It's sort of the photographers. I think they were like that last year too. But these high these high def cams. I feel sorry for those fellas because like you never look uglier than when you're in this high def. Like, yep. I wouldn't call Jack White an ugly man, but he looks like an ugly man in his origin photo if you click on him. It's like, what his, happened? Head, his head does look like a, a, a squashed apple. Put it, that way. it does, mate. It, like, it's just one of those things that highlights it. Oh, your face is uneven. And like, what, also, what? Gutho looks so much yeah, like yeah. a young Mitch Pierce. Oh, yuck. Well, that's written him <laughs> off the game one, hasn't it? Yeah, it's so very well. Queensland 48. You click on Jake Friend's profile. He's got one half his face up here, other half down there. High def camera is off him. I want to believe that the listeners are just doing this alongside you on their phones whilst listening. Physically. They always are. They are. And speaking of the listeners, I'd like to give a shout out to our best listeners. And that is the people that give to our top two tiers. Thank you. Uh, Give to the top two tiers of our Patreon. And if you want to support us, uh, patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies. We will be cranking them out through the off season. Um, There'll be bonus pods, other stuff. Who knows what else? Um, and yeah, we hope uh, we, we obviously got a lot of good responses from everyone for our whole week of podcast last week. And we can't thank you guys enough for your support. But a special thanks goes to Carlo Tyson, Bert Andrews, Frankie, uh, Never Trendy, Dave, Dan Cullinane, Harvey G, Chris Slade, Chris Avnil, Maddie McPee, Michael Murray, Roxanne Clark, Warwick Ahern, Ty. Uh, this one just says, if you name me, and then it's dot, dot, dot. So insert your own sort of threatening message there. Oh, it says, if you name me, I'll cancel my sub. So he's he's finally taken it that far that I now have to stop naming him. Uh, Wayne Ritchie, Jason, Tom Hardy, Jace G, Thor Laycock, uh, Mads, Josh Brandon, and Morgan Watkins. Thank you all so much. And to everyone else who gives to our lower tiers on Patreon as well. Uh, we wouldn't be doing this without your support. We love you. And thanks again. Mm. I do want to mention before we go, how weird is Origin being played right now. I love it so much. 
It didn't fuck up the season. That's all I've ever wanted. It's it's, it's ruining it. it's ruining uh, me thinking that footy's over. But other than that, it's great. Are you complaining well, that there's more footy? Summer footy happened so fast. Summer footy. <laughs> gave, sorry, uh, but it's just one of those things. Like mid-season, I hate that it derails NRL season, but postseason it feels like there was it's come so close to the grand final being a week and a half after it that there's been zero lead in and i feel like it's going to rate terribly and it's go it's going to make them move it back to mid-year next year they have said if it rates well they'll look at keeping it in this time slot but i'm worried that it won't rate well because it hasn't had that lead in of getting g'd up for so long okay well there's also the benefit that nothing else is on tv now to all our listeners to our Rugby League podcast who were considering not watching State of Origin, make sure you watch it. Please. Only if you have a ratings box. They're, Only they're if you have a ratings box. <laughs> if you have a ratings box, I don't care what you do. Uh, or find someone that has them. I, I don't. And take like, theirs. obviously, we've been ratings truthers for a long time, but like, isn't like the presence of stuff like Nine Now and stuff just going to make all ratings for stuff go down, even if there's probably the same number well, of people watching them? That That is the truth. Yes. But, and, and this, the reason why they never want, like, they could probably, I don't know how the TV ratings could work now, but we know that streaming is the number. The number of people who started that stream is the number of people who started that stream. They are real numbers. They started putting them out there more, but those are real numbers. I don't think the broadcasters want us to know the goddamn real numbers of what people are actually watching TV, because as we all know, if, you've, if, you, oh, if you don't know, actually, go look at Oztown's website and you'll start to understand how ratings work. It's not how many people actually watched the, the program it is one person represents how many thousand people yep. and that one person is someone who already likes tv because they sign up to get an oztan box so it's someone who will watch tv so oztan people are switching off people have oztan boxes are switching off tvs that's how people most people are not watching tv and are watching streaming and the streaming numbers at nine and stuff put out are pretty damn high yep like they didn't just come from nowhere they turned the tv off and went to streaming but that's you have to think that if Oz 10 people and the same thing's happening in sports everywhere across the world, if the ratings yeah. of people are turning the TV off, you have to wonder how many people are turning it off in general, but we'll never get that real number because we have this dumb metric exactly. of like, Hey, I have a ratings book. I represent 50,000 people of my age in my suburb. Mm. Also, there's no ratings <laughs> okay. boxes in the whole Northern territory. Yeah. Yes, and NITV has zero ratings. Yeah. Zero NITV ratings. would rate zero for some programs and also um, other, they, they like, never get a good cross-section of um, people from non-English speaking backgrounds as well. And that's like, so obviously a lot of different language programs as well don't get yeah. their representative ratings. Well, there's huge problems with the system. Fuck Oz Tam. Say goodbye, Dale. Fuck Oz yeah. Tam and goodbye, Dale. <laughs> yeah. We could be here for a whole podcast. Yeah, I just on, nipped on it in the bud Tam because we hate Oz Tam so much that we could have. Well, I don't yeah. hate them. I just, it's, it's not slander. Had, it's tr truth is a defamation defense. It's all on their website. Yes. Say, say goodbye. Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. <laughs> and it's goodbye from me. <laughs>